I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking about potentially owning, in the process of buying, or even owns their own home. <laughs> It's spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) So today with me, I have a special guest. So welcome, Jesse Mutarelli. Thank you, Leah. Appreciate being here. Absolutely. And you came from far away. I did. So we're currently recording this episode in West Palm Beach. I reside uh, in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania, about an hour north of Philadelphia. So it's cold as shit. It is legit. <laughs> I take every single opportunity to fly down here because I despise the cold more and more <laughs> as I get older. Well, welcome to sunny Florida. We're happy to have you here. Um, and yeah, just thanks for coming all the way here. I appreciate it. Not a problem. I'm actually excited too because I feel like being down here, my water intake has doubled and that's only like, I'm, I feel like I'm healthier now than I've ever been in my life. You should be here during the summer. <laughs> If you think your water intake doubled during the winter, (laughs) come down during the summer. Yeah, right. It it just, whatever. I love this place. Me too. (laughs) Everyone knows at this point, because I've talked about like my transition through life and in Mm -hmm. the mortgage industry, and I went from Arizona to North Carolina to Florida, and this is it. This is where I want to be. This is... um, you know, I, I I try to I'm trying to kind of expand my base of operations from Pennsylvania as a lender to South Florida. You know, I'm looking, you know, I'm partnering with uh, agents in like the Miami Dade area, looking at you know Brickell, like you know Doral, things like that. I just mm-hmm. um, if I never have to shovel snow again, I'll be like the happiest guy ever. I believe it. I did one my first semester of college mm-hmm. ever. I did at Northern Arizona University. Okay. And the first day I was late to work because mm-hmm. there was ice frozen over on my windshield and I didn't have an ice scraper. <laughs> so I like literally had my credit card and I'm like picking <laughs> ice. I was like, I'm yeah. done. Listen, we call that the driver's license trick up north. You know, you just. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Oh. This is why remote start is so popular. You know, mm-hmm. in the northern states, like I, I'm spoiled. I'll never buy a car without a remote start. And you will want that down here too, but for the AC. For the AC, right? Yeah, because <laughs> you'll get in your car and you'll, it'll be blazing hot. I don't know. I, I, I don't. Heat doesn't bother me. Like I'm the guy that'll ride around with all four windows down and just kind of let that breeze come through. Like, like Bo and Luke Duke. Like uh, I'm like an old school like Duke's a hazard guy. Like I don't need AC. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, and Jesse, I want you to tell everyone a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? What are some of your hobbies and passions or just some like fun facts about Jesse? All right. So um, I just finished up my third year in mortgage lending. Um, Wait, wait, wait. There it is. See? Oh, my God. (laughs) Live studio audience. Hey, guys. Um, uh, Prior to that, I I worked uh, 
for a major shipping company as a courier, um, driving around, like delivering packages and stuff, not Amazon. Um, <laughs> Side notes. Yeah, just, um, but, and then prior to that, 20 years in the restaurant business. Really? Yeah. That I didn't know. Like I, we've yeah. talked a little bit, so I've, I knew a little bit, but I didn't know that you were in the restaurant business. Yeah, I mean, every position from prep cook to lead bartender to manager, like I kind of ran the gamut of everything. And um, yeah. I, I kind of stumbled into this business. I feel like we all kind of stumble into this business somehow. We just kind of like discover it along the way of whatever we're doing in life. And, um, you know, once once you're in it and you really, you know, you see things like, first time home buyers and things like that, that you can help that are like, you know, obviously very nervous, like, like it's a huge purchase. Oh so like, you know, when you can go through and make that person comfortable and knowledgeable about everything and see the smile on their face, especially if they have kids, not that, uh, it doesn't, you know, but just, you know, yeah. it, on the other side of the screens and stuff that we have, I feel like a lot of it is, um, sometimes lost with, mm -hmm. with certain folks. Like it's just transactional. And to me, like I'll just, I'll never do that. Like the best part of my job is helping people that need houses. Absolutely. And I feel like everyone could you, well, everyone needs shelter, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's a house, an apartment, a condo, whatever type of property you're getting, everyone needs some sort of shelter. Mm -hmm. And that's a basic human need. Um, but to be able to, I think, turn that need into like an investment for someone too is is huge. Because when you go from renting to owning, you know now your your shelter becomes an investment. Right now you're 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 actually having you know you own an asset that's mm -hmm. going to grow in value. You Absolutely. Know, historically, and again, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm almost positive it's like four to five percent year over year equity growth on average. So, I mean, show me an investment on Wall Street or something that'll consistently give you four to five percent growth. I'll dump all my money on it, but it's not really a thing. No. Yeah. No. So. <laughs> I've mentioned before a couple times on this show, but homeowners have 40 times more wealth mm -hmm. than renters. And it's still the number one and fastest way to wealth creation yes. is through home ownership and equity mm -hmm. building. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you're earning money by not doing anything. Like you own a house, you make your payments, but as not only is your loan getting smaller with each payment you make, but then on the flip side, like I said, you're you're growing equity as it is. So you're almost growing equity, not quite at a double rate, but you know what I mean? Like like it's more than the four to five percent because if you take into account loan to value, you know, maybe tack that on, like it, it just home ownership is is wonderful, not just because we need a place to live, but mm -hmm. because the reality is like aside from two thousand eight, there really hasn't been a safer investment than real estate. Yeah. And, and even I read this the other day and did look into it a little bit more to mm -hmm. verify the fact, because <laughs> um, we can't take everything at verify face value. Facts. What? Oh my, right? Sheesh. But if you look at, because now an official recession has not been called yet for the US, but there's a lot of indicators out there for it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people 
associate recession with the housing crash that happened in 08. But actually, if you look at the past, I want to say it's the past nine recessions in U.S. history, housing either stayed stable Mm -hmm. or increased, got more expensive during recessionary periods. 08's the only one where housing declined. And again, there's there's a great reason for that, and it's very simple. Um, it's not the sensationalist like stuff the media like they'll even tell you now. Ooh, there's a housing bubble. There's not a housing bubble. If you look at the differences between '08 and now, right? Mm-hmm. At '08, we were there were so many more houses and and houses being built, but there weren't enough buyers. So at that point, property values kind of fell mm-hmm. a lot. Because just like anything, it's supply, supply and, demand. and demand. So, you know, if, if everybody had a diamond, diamonds wouldn't be as valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's much more balanced. And the reality is, why was inventory so high then? It was because lenders, not me, not Leah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was in junior high <laughs> back in the <O-8>. ways. <laughs> 2008, gosh. I don't remember, so I must have been making some really good decisions. Um, <laughs> no, it, it just it was it was a lot of shady lending, um, mm-hmm. a lot of Nina loans, which stand for no income, no asset. Uh, so basically, you're like, hey, I have an 800 credit score, and I want a six million dollar house, and I would be like, oh, sounds good to me. Here you go. Absolutely. Um, when those loans were being sold on the secondary market, they knew. It was junk. So then Wall Street knew it was junk. And then they sold it to everyday people that were investing in Wall Street. Well, when Mm -hmm. everything crashed, everything crashed, which is why we have all these regulations in place, you know, Graham Leach, Bliley, stuff like that to kind of never let that happen again. Exactly. And I actually, while we were talking, it literally just popped into my mind. So timing wise, right? Like in 08. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. The average age of a first-time home buyer is 31. Mm-hmm. That's the average age for a first-time home buyer. Now, I'm 28 now. Back in 08, I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. So, like, I watched my parents go through <clears throat> the 08 crash. Mm-hmm. I watched my dad lose his home. Uh, I watched my dad lose his job. I watched my stepmom lose her job. It, it was tough. And so, so witnessing that now... I'm at that age and that in that generation where now this is the generation of first time home buyers. Right. Is people who were kids during the 08 crash. So mm. I'm curious and and I don't know the statistics on this or anything mm. like it just popped into my mind. But I'm wondering how that event is affecting first time home buyers today when having that as your witness as you really your home buying thing that gets stuck in your mind as a child how that might be affecting people who are now at the age that they're first-time homebuyers. That's actually a great point. I never I never really like put that two, the two and two together. Um, I would say that it's a different era. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there's a lot of bad information out there, but there's a lot of good information. The thing is, there's a lot of information. It's not this like cloak and dagger thing that it used to be. Like, there's regulations in place, there's disclosures that have to happen. Like, we have to make buyers aware of anything. As you know, right? Say I need to do a one day rate lock extension, Mm -hmm. right? Because for whatever reason, you know, we need an extra day to close or, you know, it closed, but like we hoped it would close or whatever it is. Exactly. One day rate lock extension, 
I can request it immediately. I have to send what's called a change of circumstance to the borrower, mm-hmm. showing them, and they have to sign it. Hey, this is what we did. Every single step along the way, we make the home buyer aware of what's happening. So it's not this whole, well, I didn't know this, I didn't know that. Like it, it's in addition to disclosures, like we talked about earlier, you know, your loan officer is a big part of that. Like your loan officer should be walking you through absolutely everything. But mm-hmm. I think in this day and age, um, we're, we're just, we have a lot more access to information and it's, it's so recent and so fresh. I think if nothing, it helped the younger generation to not overextend, you know, to not mm-hmm. say, well, you know, I would love this house here. However, you know, it's like X number of dollars, which is a big chunk of my paycheck, but I really, really want it. So I'm just going to get it. Yeah. I think in this day and age, people are so more cognizant of kind of saving money, preparing for the future. Mm-hmm. You never know what will happen. And and again, that falls on your loan officer to kind of, you know, check you a little bit, for lack yeah. of a better term. like. I know you want this house. The reality is it's going to take 90% of your income. So it's just not, it's not Not feasible. feasible. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did that actually today before we came to this episode, I had an intake call with a first time home buyer. Mm -hmm. She's not ready to buy now. Mm -hmm. Um, But she goes, it's my dream to own a home. I want to do it soon. I need to know how do I get prepared to Mm -hmm. get there? And so we just, we went through all of it, right? The credit, the income, the asset pieces to getting a loan and approximately, hey, if you want this price point home in this area, we need to be making it probably about this much. And you got to look at your debt load. And Mm -hmm. she's like, awesome. Like, I, I got it. I got a game plan. And I think that is something I've been seeing a lot with first time home buyers is they want the information mm-hmm. and they want to get set up on a game plan and they they want to be strategic about it and they want to be smart about it. So I'm going to pull a really obscure reference out. Okay. Uh, I'm the, ready. Uh, <laughs> let's make the podcast weird. Um, so the movie Boogie Nights, right? Uh-huh. Uh, when Don Cheadle and his, his wife at the time, you know, he wants to open Buck Super Stereo World. So he goes into the bank and it's like, you know, the banker with the big columns and the bow tie and he just Mm -hmm. frowns and looks down on him. That's the way it used to be. Like you had to like beg, crawl, hands and knees. Please, Mr. Bank guy, give me a loan. It's it's just so different now. You know, it's like I said, to go back to it, that there's not that cloak and dagger of, of, well, I'm just going to do it. Don't worry about it. You're you're lucky I'm even talking to you. It's just, it's so different now. And it's, it's awesome because mm-hmm. again, you know, I, I do believe, especially in finance, like if you don't have regulations and, and you don't have, greed's going to run wild and it showed it in 08. So I, oh. I think it requires us to be, and we should be as human beings, more like people friendly. Like, Absolutely. you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to rip you off. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to screw you over. Like for me, I want to help you. Because, A, it makes me feel good. B, it's my job. C, mm-hmm. if I treat you the way you deserve to be treated, especially as a first-time homebuyer who's probably freaking out even at the prospect of owning a home, 
Yep. You're going to remember that, and then you're going to refer friends and family. And frankly, that's kind of what the business is built on. Absolutely. And we've spent a lot of time mentioning first-time homebuyers because that's that's specifically what we're talking about in this mm-hmm. episode. Is This episode is for our first-time homebuyers. Right. And so in your opinion, what do you think a loan officer should be doing with a first-time homebuyer that's different from a secondary buyer, someone who's bought before in the past, an investor, like what makes a first-time home buyer different and what you do as a loan officer? So the scariest things in life are things we haven't experienced. Agreed. So oh, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. scary. Awesome. Um, when you talk to somebody who's been through the home buying process, maybe they had a good experience, maybe they didn't, but at least they have a feel for it. Mm-hmm. So they're going to know, okay, you know, after 2008, we need 30 days pay stubs, 60 days account statements, W-2s, credit report, copy your ID, like that sort of thing. And they're like, okay, I already know that. Like, you know, I have an accountant, he'll just email that to you. Okay, yeah. great. Your first time homebuyer's never been through the process. So to them... It's it's walking into a pitch black room and hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. And our job is to turn on that flashlight. Absolutely. So first time home buyers generally require more care and I would agree. more I I don't mean it negatively, but kids gloves. Like yeah. like, like hand holding. Right. That's kind of the term I yeah, use. That, perfect. You know, they don't know. Like, legitimately, I spoke with a guy on the way here um, looking in the uh, Miami area. And he's like, I'm a first-time homebuyer. I never bought before. Can you kind of walk me through the process? Yes, I would love to do that. Once you walk them through, it's almost like a sense of relief. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's that's like it? So for, you know, again, not to be whatever, stronger loan officers like me and you absolutely you know we'll tell them up front hey get us all our docs up front we're gonna look and see go through your app kind of any pitfalls i'll touch base with you kind of you know if i have any questions whatever once all that's done we do all our verifications i mean for the most part if we need a document send it to us kick back and relax our job Mm -hmm. is now to take it from here exactly and that's that's what i tell my clients too in the beginning when we're kind of having that initial conversation is I tell him, I said, look, I go, you don't know this yet because you haven't gone through it. But once you go under contract for, for a home, you have to put a deposit down. Mm-hmm. And if something goes wrong, you don't always get that money back. Right. So my job as your loan officer is to make sure I'm doing my due diligence up front to potentially catch any hurdles mm-hmm. in the beginning because I'm here to protect you and your money at the right. same time. And I can, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I was just going to say, and I can only do that uh, by doing the proper work up front. Right. And, and, you know, that's the difference between a good loan officer and a bad loan officer. A bad loan officer, you know, there are internet lenders that... Um, we won't name names. No, no, no. <laughs> You Let, know who you are, though. <laughs> Lending with Lee is not getting sued today. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, 
so there, there are a lot of internet lenders and, and stuff like that that'll that'll yes you to death and throw you a pre-approval and be like, yeah, man, you're good. Like, go get them. Mm-hmm. Well, you go under contract. Two weeks into it, they're like, oh, hey, like um, your debt to income is, you know, you can't qualify. Well, why, why don't you know that up front? Like, like I, I think there's a, there's there's two types of loan officers. There's transactional. Mm-hmm. And then there's people like us that actually take the time and care and walk people through it. The reality is a transactional loan officer is going to have to, you know, they're going to have to do three, four times loan applications. We will because our, our pre-approvals are what they call sticky, right? Yeah. Our pre-approvals are as good as, you know, they can be at that time because we've done our due diligence then. Absolutely. And I think that's, I think that's so important, especially for for any client out there, but especially for first time home buyers, you know, I don't know about you, well, I know you feel the same way I do, <laughs> but we want our first time home buyers to be, to just love it, yeah. right? That yeah. they go through the process and they're like, wow, all my friends told me, you know, it was gonna be a nightmare, but you made it so yeah. easy. like. That's what we that's what we want. And if you're good at your job and you love your job and you love what you do, it's no extra step to make the process awesome. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, yeah, there's some difficult ones. I, I closed one yesterday, finally, that I mean, we went from VA to Yay! <laughs> like I always picture like Kermit the Frog. Like, <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, it was it was tough. We we had to go. We started as a VA, ended up finishing with USDA. There was just a lot of yeah. Uh, we did it though, and we closed. And this dude and his wife and his five kids are in the house now, right? And and not for nothing, I know ninety five percent of lenders would have been like, "Well, man, we tried. Sorry." Mm-hmm. And this dude would have lost. And and listen, a thousand dollars deposit might not seem like a lot to some people. To some people, that's the difference between the lights being on, having food, you know, that it's kind everything. of thing. So, you know, uh, I just think whether you're buying a $200,000 house, an $80,000 house, or a $5 million house, everybody gets treated the same. I agree. Everyone deserves five-star, gold yeah. standard treatment. And, and it's, it shouldn't be any extra to just do that. Like I said, like, it, it, I get really, it, it kind of, pisses me off a little bit you know like i i took over a team uh, in schuylkill county mm-hmm. what's up justin um <laughs> shout out and you know he had let me know his previous lender i mean was like yelling at clients and stuff and it's like you know he'd been, oh. he's been in the business for 30 years like that kind of thing you know some legacy oh, lender right uh, but this is uh, but people don't know that's not the norm yeah. Like people are like, I must have messed up. That's why he's yelling at me. Like it, it just the, the horror stories you hear, it, it, it just it's tough. You know, you can mm-hmm. regulate, you know, your license and that kind of thing, but you can't regulate or legislate, you know, ethics and you can't How to really. Treat someone right. Right. The, the way to treat somebody, you know, absolutely. The guy's just as licensed as I am, but I I. I yell a lot less. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> we don't need to stress our buyers no. out even more. <laughs> no, definitely not. Like, especially like we're talking about first time home buyers, dude, the last thing they need is somebody beating them up and down the chain. If mm-hmm. we have to go a little out of our way or our teams, like, 
you know, my lone partner, Anna, or, or, you know, Kelly for you. Yeah. Like, hey, look, we got a kid's glove, this person. Like, let's just, whatever they need, let's kind of get go the extra mile. You know, uh, a lot of my folks, you know, in PA, more blue collar, salt to the earth. Not mm-hmm. everybody has a scanner at home. Well, how do we get our PDF docs? Well, you know what? Staples, actually, if you just take them there and have them email them to me, it's like pennies. Yeah. I didn't know that. Did you know, too? I don't know about Androids or Samsungs, mm-hmm. but iPhones, you can actually, on your Notes app on the iPhone, mm-hmm. if you press the camera button, there's a scanner. Yeah. And you can take pictures of your documents like you do with your camera. Mm-hmm but it'll actually convert them to PDF documents. So you can email them straight from that app to your loan officer. And a lot that I, I, there's different apps and stuff like that, but Android, you know, iPhone now, it's kind of almost included, um, but we do not want business tax returns sent individual pages at a time. Yeah, Yeah. please don't do that. (laughs) Just go to Staples, pay the dollar, and I'll I'll cash app you the dollar just to do that. Like, I'll give you five just for the effort. Curtis, like, please. (laughs) (laughs) Help make your loan officer's life easier (laughs) by not sending individual pages Uh, if you can. But, I mean, other than that, like, yeah, like if it's a, you know, a W-2 or something, snap a picture, it'll, you know, convert to PDF. Send it that Send way. Send it right away. Yeah. And I think, too, one of the other things, in my opinion, that makes a loan officer really good at working with first-time homebuyers specifically is a loan officer that knows and understands the first-time homebuyer loan products. Sure. Because, let's face it, there's a ton of different products out there that are specifically only mm-hmm. for first-time homebuyers. You know, I get a, the, one of the biggest questions I get is, I'm a first time home buyer. What can I get? Like, like, and they don't mean that in a, in a, a gimme, gimme way. Mm-hmm. It's more like, I don't know. So like, for example, you know, obviously there's income limits, that sort of thing, but Fannie Mae's home ready is wonderful. If you're a conventional borrower, it allows you to only put 3% down, but the best, best part, you get such a break on rate. And mortgage insurance. Oh, yeah. Mortgage insurance. Big time. Both. So, I mean, just by being able to qualify for that, which is literally, you know, one of the easier things to do, as long as you fall under income limits and stuff like that. I mean, you you could save yourself without even knowing it just by being in a, you know, a program like that. Hundreds of dollars on your mortgage payment a month. Absolutely. So if your loan officer isn't walking you through stuff like that, or even if you're like, hey, I, you know, I heard about this. Well, you know what, in looking at your application, we can't do that, but here's why. A big the greatest tool we have, Zoom is free. Yeah. Zoom is free. Mm-hmm. If you can zoom somebody and show them exactly what you're looking at, there's no there there's no doubt about anything because this is this is what we're looking at. This is why we can do this and why we can't do that. Absolutely. And sometimes too, like I've told people cuz uh, here in Florida we have a lot of first-time home buyer down payment assistance mm-hmm. programs too. I get asked about those all the time and usually what I tell my first-time home buyers is I'm like it there's tons of them out there. We mm-hmm. got to see what you're qualified for first. Mm-hmm. Then we go through, we pick the best one. But also, sometimes the best terms or the best product isn't one that has down payment assistance. Exactly. Sometimes it's a traditional mortgage mm-hmm. as well. Well, uh, because sometimes down payment assistance, 
uh, or closing cost assistance comes in the form of a second loan, which is fine. That's that's okay because eventually down the road, you're going to refinance all that into one anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, time it when the rate's right, refinance the whole thing. Now you're not making that, you know, extra payment and, and you still have the house you love. Like, you know, I hate cliche things like buy the house, date the rate. Like, ugh, it just, it <laughs> so makes my overplayed. Skin, it makes my skin <laughs> crawl. But, but the theory behind it is exactly right. Get the asset. Mm-hmm. You, it, this is not something where I bought a pair of Jordans and, and they're going to appreciate in value. Get the asset. You, you are financing. You are, it might be a 30-year loan. You can always refinance. Absolutely. But the, if the home prices increase, you can't go back on that. <laughs> nope, absolutely not. But rates do this. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, my hand's going up and down. If you're watching, <laughs> you can see. It's, like, it's like, like a ski slope, like up and down. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, you know, but I think at the end of the day, I think it's just important to have a loan officer that knows and understands a variety of products, who's patient, um, who can handhold and explain and make a first-time home buyer just feel safe and at and at home and secure in the loan choice that they end up going with. For first-time home buyers, I will say this: one of the great tells if you're working with a good loan officer or not, if you call, they answer. If Mm -hmm. they don't answer or they push you off to an assistant and refuse to take your calls, run. Yeah. Yeah. Because clearly they don't care about you. They don't value you. I agree with that. Because if I'm calling you and you continually duck my calls, whether it's a pre-approval stage or maybe something, there's a bump in the road with the loan. If you're not answering your phone, like, I can't trust you. Yeah. I agree. Even, even, I always have said if there's... Even if there's not another update, you still pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know you're calling for an update. There's no update. Right. That's your update. That is better than. Or even be proactive. You know, with this this one that I just closed, like there were calls and there were emails. And it sometimes it was like, look, guys, we're, we're still waiting on USDA. We're still yeah. waiting on this. I hope we get it. You know, we put a request out to kind of get an answer. But right now we're still in a holding pattern. As soon as something comes up, I'll let you know. Absolutely. And if nothing comes up the next day, hey, guys, look, you know, we checked in again, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes, you know, not every loan is going to be super smooth. But if you can't answer your phone when things are rough, you're you should not be in this business. I agree. And to end the show on that note, Jesse and I always answer our phones. Always answer the phone. Uh, And not just phone calls and texts, but also where you can find us. You can find me on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Lending with Leah. I make it easy for you guys. Feel free. I do answer DMs as well. So you can always DM me. And Jesse, where can everyone find you? I was going to make a comment about that doesn't that doesn't give you the right. Do not slide into our DMs. Yes. Only mortgage stuff. (laughs) Mortgage related question DMs. Dude. Only. No pictures. I don't care what they are of. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if it's a picture of a cat. DM the cat. I mean, Um, if it's a cat, I have cats. All right. All right. I'm in on cats. Cats or mortgage related questions. And me, I'm Jesse Mutarelli. Uh, 
the Mutarelli team at Move with Jesse, J E S S E, no I, no Y, <laughs> dot com. Um, my lone partner, Anna, and I, uh, we're more than happy to help. We're, I'm also on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I do not have this yet, maybe someday in the future, but trying to establish uh, an, an ad business in Florida has kind of taken up my time now um, because I can't not give my Pennsylvania, New Jersey folks, you know, I'm not going to sacrifice them Absolutely. to move somewhere else. To me, it's growth. It's not trading one for yeah, the other. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. at that, you know, I, I just, I, I love my Pennsylvania people and, and they're tremendous. And I hope to continue helping them until, until I retire on a boat. I love that. In like 30 years. <laughs> Maybe sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for tuning in for episode 13. And we'll see you again in a couple of weeks.